Chapter Eleven of Our Army at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Our Army at the Front by Haywood Brown. Chapter Eleven Some Distinguished Visitors so satisfactory to itself was the progress of the american expeditionary force in becoming an army that by the end of its first month of training it was ready for important visitors true the first to come was one who would be certain to understand the force's initial difficulties and who would also be able to help as well as inspect he was general patan commander-in-chief of the french army and he came for inspection of both french and american troops on august nineteenth three days after general siebert had had a family field day to take account of his troops general patan came down with general pershing and the first inspection was of billets then the two generals reviewed the alpine chasseurs and general patan awarded some medals which had been due since the month before when the blue devils were in the line after general patan's visit with the american troops he recommended their training and their physique equally and said i think the american army will be an admirable fighting force within a short time this was also general pershing's day for learning his first session with one of his most difficult tasks he had to follow the example of general patan and kiss the children and accept the bouquets thrust upon both generals by all the little girls of the nearby voska towns general pershing did better with the kissing as his day wore on though its foreignness to his experience was plain to the end but with the bouquets he was an outright failure graciously as he might accept them the holding of them was much as a doughboy might hold his first armful of live grenades the camp's next distinguished visitor was george clemenceau the veteran french statesman who was soon to be premier of france clemenceau saw american troops that day for the second time the first having been when as a young french senator he watched general grant's soldiers march into richmond he recalled to the sons and grandsons of those dusty warriors how inspired a sight it had been and he added that he hoped to see the present generation march into berlin when clemenceau talked to the doughboys however he had more than old memories with which to stir them he has a graceful complete command of the english language in which he made the two or three addresses interspersed in the full program of his stay in one speech monsieur clemenceau said i feel highly honored at the privilege of addressing you i know america well having lived in your country which i have always admired and i am deeply impressed by the presence of an american army on french soil in defense of liberty right and civilization against the barbarians my mind compares this event to the pilgrim fathers who landed on plymouth rock seeking liberty and finding it now their children's children 
are returning to fight for the liberty of france and the world you men have come to france with disinterested motives you came not because you were compelled to come but because you wished to come your country always had love and friendship for france now you are at home here and every french house is open to you you are not like the people of other nations because your motives are devoid of personal interest and because you are filled with ideals you have heard of the hardships before you but the record of your countrymen proves that you will acquit yourselves nobly earning the gratitude of france and the world at the end of this speech general siebert said to the men who had heard it you will henceforth be known as the clemenceau battalion that was the first unit of the american army to have any designation other than its number another civilian visitor was next though he was civilian only in the sense that he had neither task nor uniform of the army he was raymond poincare president of the french republic the leader of the french bitter enders and sometimes called the stoutest-hearted soldier france has ever had president poincare made a thorough inspection he too began with the billets but he was not content to see them from the outside in fact the first that one new major-general saw of him was the half from the waist down the other half being obscured by the floor of the barn attic he was peering into president poincare made cheering speeches to the men for the force of which they were obliged to rely upon his gestures and intonations since he spoke no english but his sense was not wholly lost to the doughboys at the peak of one of the president's most soaring flights those who understood french interrupted to applaud him what did he say asked the doughboy he said to give him hell said another fourth and last of the great frenchmen and greatest from the soldier point of view was marshal joffre marne hero who came and spent a night and a day at camp it was mid-october when he came and weeks of driving rain had preceded him in spite of their gloom over the weather the doughboys were eagerly anticipating the visit of joffre and they were wondering if the man of many battles would think them worth standing in the rain to watch a detachment of french buglers buglers whom the americans could never sufficiently admire or imitate because they could twirl the bugles between beats and take their blasts with neither pitch nor time lost waited outside the quarters where the marshal was to spend the night half an hour before his motor came up the sun broke through the drizzle he brings it with him said a doughboy marshal joffre was accompanied by general pershing the pershing personal staff and joffre's aide lieutenant colonel jean fabry who was with the french mission in america there were ovations in all the french villages through which they passed and there were uproarious cheers when the party reached the american officers who were to be addressed by marshal joffre in his short speech he said that america had come to help deliver humanity from the yoke of german insolence and added 
let us be united victory surely will be ours later after picked men had shown joffrey what they could do with grenades and bayonets the marshal made a short speech to them telling them of how his visit to america had cheered and strengthened him and how even greater was the stimulation he had had from seeing the americans train in france in a statement to the associated press he said i have been highly gratified by what i have seen today i am confident that when the time comes for american troops to go into the trenches and meet the enemy they will give the same excellent account of themselves in action as they did today in practice northcliffe came in december with colonel house and members of the house mission he wrote a long impression of his visit of the english at home in which he said that the finest sight he saw was the american rifle practice in which the united states troops did exceptionally well then he praised them for their mastery of the british type of trench mortar for their accuracy with grenades and most significant of all for their able handling of themselves after the bombs were thrown so that they should have a maximum of safety in battle the doughboys had finally learned their hardest lesson sir walter roper lawrence who was coming to america on a special war mission went to camp in early december to see how the doughboys fared so that he might report on them at home he had just inquired of general sir julian bing who had accidentally had the assistance of some american engineers at cambrai what they should be valued at and sir julian had answered very earnest very modest and very helpful i must say that is my opinion too said sir walter when he came to camp they are fine fellows to look at as good-looking soldiers as any man might wish to see they have a wonderfully springy step much more springy than one sees in other soldiers they are clean well set up and they are always cheerful they are splendidly fed and well quartered and they are desperately keen to learn and as desperately keen to get into the thick of things if they seem to have any worries it is that they are not getting in as quickly as they would like to the american troops have everywhere made a decidedly favorable impression i am extremely proud of my british citizenship i have been all my life but if i were an american i would be insufferably proud of my citizenship in all history there is nothing that approaches her transporting such an enormous army so great a distance over sea to fight for an ideal after the new year w a appleton secretary of the general federation of trades unions in england made a visit to france and described the american camps for his own public through the federation organ i see everywhere he wrote samples of the american armies that we are expecting will enable the allies to clear france of the germans most of the men are fine specimens of humanity and those with whom i spoke showed no signs of braggadocio too frequently attributed to america 
they were quiet well-spoken fellows fully alive to the seriousness of the task they had undertaken and they apparently have but one regret that they had not come into the war soon enough it was pleasant to talk to these men and to derive encouragement from their quiet unobtrusive strength these were the things which were playing upon public opinion in france and england reinforcing the goodwill with which the first american soldiers were welcomed here when united states soldiers paraded again in the streets of london late in the spring of nineteen eighteen and when they marched down the new avenue du president wilson in paris on july fourth nineteen eighteen the greetings to them had lost in hysteria and grown in depth till the magnitude of the demonstrations and the quality of them drew amazement from the oldest of the old stagers. End of chapter 11. Recording by John Brandon.